What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. All right. Today on the Episode Ninja Podcast, we are talking about one of the newer shows on uh, network TV. Is it network HBO. TV? I always get confused whenever I say is it? But So what is that? Cable? Premium Cable, I believe is what it's Premium called. Premium Cable. Uh, one of the newest shows on Premium Cable coming out of the, the minds of Danny McBride and Alec Berg. Um, I, can't, I, I just have to interject every time I say his name. I think of the Seinfeld episode where they, had, they named someone Alec Berg. And every time, Alec Berg. So um, both of them had come up with this show, wrote it. Um, were they also duos on that uh, Vice Principal show, if I'm not mistaken? Um, is it? Didn't Jody Hill also create it? Yeah, you're thinking of Barry again, Dan. Okay. So, this show, um, for those of you that are not familiar with it, um, it is eight episodes in its first season, about half hour to 40 minutes per episode. Um, it centers around this um, religious family, which we don't really know their location. I don't think we know it's down south. I think they're in South Carolina. I could be wrong. I'm like 80% sure they're in South Carolina. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was specified or not, but... Um, Basically, these this family created a mega church, um, and it's it's it takes part um, once the kids are a little bit grown up, and the mother of the family, the the matriarch, if you will, dies, and it's up to her husband John Goodman, um, whose character Eli Gemstone. It's up to him to kind of keep the ship moving. Um, all the while, his family is just a bunch of fuck ups who, um, you know, keep poking holes in his. Uh, in his plan, in his ultimate plan, which is just to spread the Lord. You know, I'm not a big religious guy, but the the first scene, I think, in the show is what had me, like, immediately hooked. And it was when they're in China doing their 24-hour baptism tour. They were doing their baptism tour, and all of a sudden the, um, the waves turn on the wave machine. And everyone's just going nuts, and there's bodies flowing all over that are getting baptized, and John Goodman's in the mix, and Danny McBride's in the mix, and Adam Devine's in the mix, and it had me immediately. It's probably, it's definitely one of my newest, like, favorite, favorite newest shows, for sure. Yeah, it's it's just one of those where the premise is, you know, so, okay, here is this, you know, religious superstar family that basically falls apart completely when the mom dies. The mom was obviously the one that held everything together. And, you know, the kids are, you know, selfish little punks. Um, you know, John Goodman, the father, is kind of this egomaniac, you know, driven for, you know, uh, uh, power and to keep the name alive and things like that. And they go about, like, literally crushing other churches, right? Like, they want to take over smaller churches, absorb them, get them out of there, you know, all while doing it for the uh, praise of the Lord and all that. But uh, it's the concept of the show wouldn't have got me if it wasn't for the cast. Like this cast is so good and it's not a, it's not a really deep cast, like on paper, like, you know, obviously Goodman, McBride, Divine, uh, great. If you're a fan of uh, Biden's Principles, you know, Edie Patterson was in that. The cast on paper isn't that deep. However, the 
Goodman McBride uh, Divine combination is just so interesting that I just had to watch. And then after watching a few episodes, I was like, wow, this cast actually is pretty deep. You know, like I enjoy fucking all these characters, even like little interactions with a lot of the minor characters. So I kept watching. I was up. I was watching an interview recently with uh, Danny McBride on Serious Time, where basically he was like, they had written the pilot, they had pretty much casted everyone, and they got to the point where like, well, who's going to be the father? And their casting director like immediately was like, what about like John Goodman and Danny McBride? It's like, no fucking way. There's like, he's like, there's no way we get John Goodman to do this. And it's like, I give it a shot, why not? And they send over the script, and the next day they got a call from John Goodman saying he's in. Like it was that quick. I think it was that good of a pilot too, and I and I honestly believe it is that good of a pilot. Like it is, so much happens, and you learn so much about so many different characters that it sets it up for. I think this show has a when I and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when I look at a, a new show, I look for longevity, and I think this show can go so many different ways, and I think it could, I think it, and it just got renewed for a second season, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, some, something I'm really enjoying about this show, and I guess before we go too much further, um, I really enjoyed the other two shows that Danny McBride and Jody Hill did for HBO, which were Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. Something that I'm really enjoying about this show versus especially Eastbound and Down is it feels more like an ensemble cast. Like Part of the problem with Eastbound and Down was it was just Danny McBride, and there were some supporting characters, but his character got really old after four or five seasons or however long it went. Um, and then vice principals, they did a really good job of playing him off of a Walton Goggins and a couple other supporting characters. But really, um, Edie Patterson is, I think may have more dialogue in this show than Danny McBride does. And it, it helps balance out, you know, his zaniness a little bit. Cause he, cause he 100% plays the same thing and everything. Like, yeah. even when he plays himself in, like, This is the End, he plays Danny McBride. Like, it's this weird thing where he definitely does. He has a different voice. He does a different character type. But there's Danny McBride humor in there always. I mean, in the first season, and excuse my language, I'm going to say it because it was said in the show. But in, like, the first, like, five minutes, you see um, you see Danny McBride as character as Jesse come home. And he kisses his one son. And then he goes into his other son's room and he kisses him on the forehead just to kind of say goodnight and the kid's asleep and he wakes up and he just looks him dead in the eye and he goes faggot like that that is Danny McBride humor through and you know he came up with that line you know he was part of that and it was just so perfect then his reaction to it and and the way his family is versus how he thinks it should be because of how he was raised it's it's perfect how they all live on the same compound it's just perfect so one thing I wanted to say about Goodman joining the cast when they didn't think that they could get him. If he's going to come back and do TV and he's going to do the fucking Connors, you might as well come back and do something like <laughs> worth watching. And I know that there's a lot of Connors fans out there and it probably gets the ratings. I think you're a closet Connors fan, if we're being honest. Like you, you really strike me as you grew up on Roseanne. You were really disappointed about the controversy. You were really looking forward to seeing her coming back. I can tell by just the fact that you're not responding that it really does strike you that this is a great show. I, I did watch Roseanne as a kid. I was a fan of Roseanne. This is fucking – the Connors is garbage. We've mentioned it on other podcasts. I won't go go into it, but I've tried watching it, and it's just unwatchable, right? 
But John Goodman is such a fucking good actor. I mean, you can go through his resume. Great fucking movies. Is he going to be in the Big Lebowski reboot? I didn't know they were doing a, uh, you guys know? a Big Lebowski reboot. Yeah, it, but I think it's from like the perspective of the other bowler. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that one. Getting a little tired of all these reboots. Um, but what I did want to say, I totally agree with your guys' opinions on Danny McBride is fucking Danny McBride, right? And then when he plays uh, Kenny Powers or he plays uh, the character in Vice Principals or Jesse Gemstone, he's just turning up Danny McBride a little bit or a little bit more, right? And like his normal Danny McBride, he has his jokes He's got his fucking quirks and charm and just the way he, like, articulates himself. And if he needs to go up to, you know, Kenny Powers level, then he cranks it up. If he needs to pull it back down, you know, because because Jesse's, you know, he's not as he's not as crazy as as Powers, but he's fucking he's out there sometimes. He's got his moments. Well, I mean, I, I always I think of that chase scene. That's one of my favorite scenes when he sees the van. He started chasing it's car it's just car so Don't worry about it. It's, it's just car, car pranks, pranks, all right? And he, like, pranks. has that fucking badass, like, <laughs> pearl gun. Hey, just stay here for a second. Some car pranks. Don't worry about it. It's just some car pranks with some buddies. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Chris. Like, in Eastbound and Down, like, there are glimpses of, like, okay, he's kind of a, a likable guy every once in a while. And then the next scene, he just does something totally unredeemable. And I wouldn't take you as a as a Eastbound and Down fan, Steve. Yeah, I I loved especially the first season of that show. I I really loved, and then I think each successive season kind of went downhill a little bit. Will Ferrell's plums. That's uh, I was gonna uh, respond to Steve's comment about um, the decline in uh, quality of Eastbound and Down, and I hope that th- this doesn't happen with this show because like Eastbound and Down. Right out of the gate, you know, I had a huge heart on it for the show. I was like, this is going to be a great show. Super pumped for it. No one had to convince me to watch it over and over. But like Steve said, there was a, a major decline. And I don't know if they just didn't think that series through enough and kind of wrote themselves into a corner. Wait, are that, we talking about Vice Principles? Um, or or Eastbound and Down. down. Okay, East okay. Down was fucking fantastic the first few seasons. And then I think it was like after he went to Mexico. And I just felt like they couldn't like get back that same vibe, get back that same flow. And it just it was like, eh, you know. And Vice Principals kind of had that similar feel in the beginning where like right off the get-go, it was super interesting. You got fucking Dan McBride as vice principal or you know, vice principal. Uh, Walton Goggins playing off each other, trying to be that principal, and I was see. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's gonna be a problem for the show. Like I said, when I and, and this is just just me, but when I look at a show, I just look at how many there's. Especially with how the season ended, if it would have ended with you know some crazy thing happening that that screwed the whole family, everyone got well, away pretty okay. much scot free. Okay, so let's let's get into show. it. Then. So here's my take on it. Did I like the first season? Yes, but you. You you start you start the series with okay here's his family, this TV evangelist family, um, super mega rich, mom dies, all the kids are fucking assholes. What's going on with each kid, right? And then at the end, you know they had the whole thing with like oh he's getting blackmailed and blah 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 and 
okay, that's a, not a crazy storyline. But then at the end of the episode where, uh, and I believe it's episode one, not episode two, but um, with the whole meetup scene to exchange the money, um, you know. No, that's the end of episode That's the end of episode one, okay. Where um, fucking like that whole uh, exchange goes wrong, you know, and winds up uh, uh, running over what's-her-face and um, – you know, beating up the dude and all this stuff, and they throw the third chick that never comes back, uh, really in the entire epi- or entire series, like down a ditch. Um, like that went fucking, like flipped, like real quick. Like I didn't know that the show was gonna be that dark with some crazy ass shit. And then that's what kept me hooked, right? Like you've got this whole, um, you know, uh, fucking criminal dude, shady dude that's fucking trying to like blackmail jesse and the one that's helping him is actually his son and then all this did you have any inclination that his son was involved until it happened um i did once i knew that there was a third person in the van and then i was like and then like they were talking oh i remember i remember this the second i knew i'll tell you the exact second so they had made uh in the, like the first episode they had mentioned that um gideon was off in Hollywood doing stunt stuff, right? It was a stunt coordinator. And then when Gideon and um, what's the other guy? Is it Scotty? Yeah. Okay. When Gideon and Scotty are fighting in the hotel and like Gideon does like a roundhouse kick, I was like, that's their fucking son. I was like, that's got to be their son. What fucking little white kid's going to do this roundhouse kick out of nowhere unless you're a stunt coordinator? The kid had like all this kung fu bullshit in his room. Well, and his mom was a goddamn tactical oh. mastermind. Oh, she's the <laughs> shit. I, I, <laughs> the fact that she was going through that gun range, like, whew, John Wick style, was pretty fucking badass. Um, we could reference someone else. Keanu Reeves at a gun rage. Sorry. Um, but my hold on. Let me just finish my point. So my point is there was this huge interesting story that happened, right, with the blackmail and, like, the son going against the family. But that kind of gets – oh, and, like, you know, uh, you know, Uncle Baby Billy, like, he's trying to, like, fuck with the gemstones and get money and, and even stealing the money. All this shit gets resolved, and we'll go into detail, but all this shit gets resolved at the end of the season one. So what? what is hanging out there? Like, Jesse's wife doesn't like him, and he got kicked out? That's the only thing that's hanging out. But he's redeeming himself because he went to Haiti, and he's going to better himself, and he'll be able to get back with the family. And But even more so, that's my point. My point is everything's kind of been tied up, really. So now they've got to go and do some other storyline. No, we have. There's so many storylines that are open. You have, you have Calvin and and his his protege, Keith. You got you've got Judy and BJ. That's not storyline, Dan. Those are like that's an interesting relationship. I'm not going to disagree. Keith and Calvin, great uh, interaction, great relationship. That's not a storyline. A storyline is what happened in season one. Now they're oh, we'll see what they're going to have with. this I right. Mean, th- but my point is. You just you have no fucking clue. At least with like Vice Principals or Eastbound and Down, the 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 plot of that movie was, or the plot of the TV shows were, hey, I'm a uh, washed up baseball player trying to make it back to the majors. Hey, I am a vice principal trying to become a principal. You had concrete storylines to fall back on. I'm not sure what the concrete storyline here is, other than it's a shitty evangelist TV. That's all. Yeah, I I think it'll be interesting. Like, 
I I believe Vice Principals was always planned as two seasons. Like they filmed them both at the same time. That it was all one overarching plot. Um, so it, it'll be real interesting to see where they go f- with this for sure. Even if this were to be a two see two or three season show, like I'm okay with that. Like I I think the first season was so good that. I don't want it to be ruined by going to too many seasons or overdoing it. Or I think the storylines ahead were so were so good and they were so deep and they they would change. I mean, you you learn more about the family as they go. I think in the second or third episode, it's literally the entire episode is a flashback to when they were kids and you had little act. You know, you had actors playing the adult versions. the The kid who they got to play Danny McBride's character was literally a young Danny McBride. Like that dude was an incredible actor. The, they did the, you know, special scientific aging or de-aging process to John Goodman to, to make him look younger for the episode. And you learn more about the relationship he had with her and the relationship that his wife had with uh, Uncle Baby Billy and how they made their money and how somehow her getting married stole him away, her way. It's a, you learn, but it, there's really, there's, these characters are quite deep. In reality, they're not just spoiled little brats. The most of them, oh, they're some super interesting, sure. and that's what I love about the show. And since we're talking about interesting characters, why don't we kind of talk about who our favorite character at this point is? I'll I'll go with some of the the side characters, and it's not even that I love these characters, but I just love these actors, and I was really happy to see them show up. And those are the actors that play Gideon and Scotty because they were respectively in two of my favorite shows that got canceled way too soon. Uh, Scotty was in The Mick, which was a fantastic show, and Gideon was in uh, Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix, which was also an excellent show. Both of those got canceled way too early, within the last year. Um, So I was excited to see them show up, and their characters are hilarious. Did you... How excited were you... With uh, Scott's other appearance recently. Oh, in uh, El Camino. I was also very excited about that. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, we're going to be doing Breaking Bad El Camino soon, so we'll uh, talk more about that. Um, I, oh, I got I to gotta go. I just got to go, Jesse Jumpstone. I don't know if that's a cop-out, but I just... Definitely is. Oh, okay. So liking the best character is a cop-out. <laughs> I mean, you know... Uh, I mean, that's, you know, we all like Tank from uh, Barry, you know, that could be considered a cop-out. But no, I mean, you know, Danny McBride is obviously, like, one of the most interesting characters in, you know, TV or movies, like, for me personally. Like, he just, like, you know, checks all the boxes for, like, shit I like in uh, a comedy actor. And, uh, again, it's, it's just Danny McBride. It's not even, like, Danny McBride going into some crazy transformation to be funny. Like that's just Dan McBride. He's just turning it up slightly, you know? Um, and, uh, so what you're saying is he's not a very good actor, which I understand. Um, I'm completely kidding. That's a, that's a phenomenal choice. He's, he's an incredible actor to create the show. He created the perfect role for himself. No, I mean, you're a thousand, you're a thousand percent right. You know what? Hold on. So I actually think that there are a lot of like the, some of the funniest, uh, actor, could I say my favorite character? Go ahead and go get married and get the fuck out of Dodge. Then I'm gonna move to Malibu Beach, shave my pussy, learn to surf. 
Shave your pussy? Why are you going to shave your pussy? So I can surf faster, Jesse. All y'all trying to suppress me, tell me I can't shave stuff. And Daddy is a dick. Ooh, I'm going to tell Daddy what you said. You better not. Yeah, I am. Off to tell Daddy. Jesse. <laughs> so that's my favorite character would be uh, Judy. I just love her interactions with almost anyone. And she's she's actually kind of got a smart streak in her. I mean, she was the one that was ripping off the church the entire time. Um, she was the one who saved Calvin or um, Jesse's ass in the beginning. And I just think that I also want to just comment that I love the three of their interactions together. Like they're still like 12, you know, 10 and, and eight years old. Like every time like that, at one point, um, John Goodman characters throws a Jesus character against the wall and it breaks and they're all, Oh daddy, you're in trouble, daddy. And then they all glue it back together. And it's like a it's whole a, family project. Like, yeah, that's a ninja. Guy. I was, I was surprisingly shocked at how well she, uh, you know, did throughout this uh, first season. Definitely getting a lot more lines and um, scenes later in the uh, in the season, um, but deserved because she was fucking hilarious. The scene with um, when she's confronting uh, BJ. <laughs> oh, also, uh, side note. The fact that his name is BJ and the security guard's like, what is it, PJ? No, it's actually BJ. Oh, uh, I wouldn't tell anyone that. Um, <laughs> it just cracked me up because I have. I just love the, the moment, too. I have a friend named BJ, an adult who's in his 30s that goes by BJ. And I wanted to like send him that clip. Um, and it was funny. But yeah. And the fact that BJ at one point, too, like when he becomes badass and he turns around and he's got an ear. <laughs> And, like, that's his badass thing. And then he's got the little boy there because he's an optometrist and he's trying to help. And at the end of everything, him and the boy just kind of touch foreheads. Like, I, I got you, bro. Like, I love, I absolutely love BJ and her relationship in general. And it sounds like they're going to work on it, too, because I, you, it's this is one of those shows where I don't think we can talk episode by episode because just too much happens. Like, they break up because she wants him to push her up against the wall and finger fuck her or something like that. And then there's a there's the scene where they try to get back together and she presents herself you know throughout this her entire relationship that she's just a massive slut you know that she's that she's seen over a thousand cocks and and all this and then she 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 reveals the truth that really she in college her professor who you know wore hawaiian shirts and 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 sandals every day told her that's a nice patagonia sweatshirt and well she knew what that means so she followed him into his office, covered his mouth with one hand, and then jerked him off with the other hand. She raped him and then kidnapped his child. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's basically like, I can stand beside that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I actually don't even know if he even stayed. No, he leaves. He leaves the scene. I don't think he's going to be able to recover from that. But the the fact that she like admits this, and then later in that episode where the three of them, the three, uh, Kelvin, Jesse, and Judy are sitting around and they're all telling each other, you know, mama used to tell us everything will be okay. Mama always used to tell us, well, we got to tell each other everything's going to be okay. And they're all telling each other everything's going to be okay. And she's like, can you guys tell me it's going to be okay? And she's like, yeah, it's going to be okay. And she's like, am I going to am I gonna see am I gonna see a lot of dicks? Am I going to get a lot of dick? And Nick Price like, yeah, you, you get a lot of dicks. Like, am I going to get a guy that eats my asshole? Yeah, 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 if that's what you want. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get you a guy that eats asshole. <laughs> Yes, some of the stuff she says would be shocking, like in any show. But just the fact that they're supposed to be like this 
righteous Christian family <laughs> makes it so much worse. It's work. incredible. And so for me too, like she was fucking great, but I'm actually kind of disappointed in Adam Devine's performance and John Goodman. I mean, John Goodman's John Goodman. So I'm not saying that like, you know, he was bad. And I think that his role was probably, you know, acted out well. And that's kind of how it was written. But I was hoping a little bit more for Adam, from Adam Devine. I was super pumped that he was on the show. And, I, you know, obviously, like, you know, he didn't write See, stuff. See, like, that's where I think you say, like, storylines. Like, that's where I think storylines are going to start to go. Like, we're going to start to see way more Adam Devine. We're going to start to see way more Eli. Yeah. You're going to start to see those. I hope. I hope. Because this season, to me, was about Jesse and Jesse getting out of his mess and Jesse fixing his family. You've got two other family members. You've got grandkids. There, there, there's. You've got Eli himself. There's plenty of ways that they could go with it. Yeah, I think I agree that he's definitely the weakest of the core cast. But yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's just the the nature of his story arc in this season. Hopefully. Okay, so we can also can we also say this is uh, is Kelvin gay? I mean, and Kelvin and and what's his name? Are they banging? I don't think so. You don't think so? I just don't know. I mean, do you think that it, I mean, because, like, I, I feel like if, like, that's not going to be a reveal, right? Like, if next season they wind up kissing each other, like, that's not going to be some big thing that nobody saw coming. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're setting it up too much to, I mean, right from episode one when, you know. Uh, I mean, I just think they're doing it behind the scenes. It's sort of like know, Mac when, and Sonny. When like Calvin comes back from China and he wants to hang out, play video games, maybe some Double Dragon. And Keith's like, no, man, I'm going to go home. And he was like all scared to like sleep in his bed and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying. Because I have a theory because it felt weird without him. I'm not saying that they're not leading you know, they're not putting clues out there because they're definitely putting clues out there. But if you had to ask me straight up, like, are they gay? I would have to I lean towards no, because I just feel like there is something that's less obvious that they want to hit us with other than like, you know, oh, they're gay. You know, and, and what is that going to be? He's got a conflict with his dad because he's gay now. I don't know. Um, Fair enough. Um. Another one of my characters, not not really a character, but something at least I wanted to mention was the friends, the, the Jesse's group of friends that are all involved in the video, and the one guy who makes a coin to commemorate <laughs> everything, <laughs> and how he the, he's just got these super real, loyal friends, and then in the end ends up selling them all out by playing the video. And the I think the guy who made the coin, after all was said and done, everyone had seen the video, all the wives had left, everyone was angry. He was just sitting there alone. He's like. I wish I had someone who could be angry at me for this video or something, something along those lines. Oh, I think that was because uh, um, that's that's that was Jody. Levi. Yeah, that's Jody yeah, that's Hill. Jody Hill. He's the co-creator. Oh, yeah. really? That's great. How do you guys feel about Walton Goggins in this show? Amazing. Really? Uh, and the fact that his name is Baby Billy and they call him Uncle Baby Billy. I is I amazing. like that character. I don't know if I love Walton Goggins as that character. Like. After his amazing performance in Vice Principals, and obviously he's been in a lot of other stuff too, I just feel like it was kind of, I don't know, it feels kind of forced to me like having him play a super old dude like they were trying to find a place for him in this show when 
maybe they could have waited and introduced him later. I don't know, something like that. But I like I like Baby Billy. I don't know if I love Walton Goggins as Baby Billy. I love Baby Billy. I think Walton Goggins is great. Um, I don't know what other characters he could have been. Um, but that reminds me, your reference to him playing, you know, a great job in Vice Principals. Look at what they did with his character. Um, did you not think uh, his character was gay? Like, in Vice Principals? And they flipped that on you like, no, he's not gay. He just likes to dress that way. He's a sharp dresser and he's got a super hot wife. So that's why I'm thinking they're going to do something else with Calvin and Keith. Um, but I am just glad overall that they were able to incorporate uh, Walton Goggins in some aspect in the show. I think that he does great with Danny McBride. I just think he's a great actor in, in general, whether it's, you know, comedy or, you know, drama. Um and that reminds me of the point I was going to make, but, you know, Dan was getting his shaved pussy clip ready. ready. Um, I just feel like there's certain people, right, that are just so funny that they're not really acting. Like, they don't have to act to be funny. But there are people that act and they're really, really funny, right? Like... Danny McBride is just a fucking funny dude. So when he has to go out and portray a character, yeah, he's got dialogue and he might say something a certain way, but he is just a funny dude. Will Ferrell is just a fucking funny dude. Um, Zach Galifianakis is just a funny fucking dude. But someone like a John Hamm, John Hamm is fucking hilarious. But John Hamm has to like turn on that acting but he's really really good at comedic acting if that makes sense and i'm not saying one way is better than the other but my opinion is there's just two different ways there's like the i've got this skill of how i can kind of flip this and just be hilarious and there's just like i'm just a funny dude and i just got great timing and things like that so yeah totally agree did you see, um, Dan, did you see uh, Goggins and other stuff? Or is this the first time you've been checking him out? No, it's the first, this is the first time. I saw him in The Shield, and I watched a little bit of Justified as well. Um, I like him. Um, I, I I like him as a nemesis to Eli. I mean, Eli's this hurt, down, on his luck guy. So it's easy to root against him. Um, the, the, scene, <laughs> the, the scene where he... You know, is getting a blowjob from his girlfriend and then gets hit by the car that has the guy in it and then she accidentally shoots. Like, that whole scene is just fucking hilarious to me. Not only because it all happened that way, but nobody in the goddamn world noticed. Like, no other car drove by while they shoot this guy in the head, take all the money, move the car, do all this, and then they push the car into the water. It, it, they can still see the end of it. Oh, shit, oh, shit. It's like, okay, the tide will take it out. Tide will take it out. Jump cut next morning place is dried out cars just sitting there i mean i just i i i think he's hilarious and the fact that he's like 50 years old and he's got some like 26 year old fucking idiot and he's just like you know kind of like uh harvesting her and being like oh wait we're gonna get your teeth fixed once once we get your teeth fixed then you're gonna be perfect and then the fact that she's like oh she's he's dead and he's just running by (laughs) like there's just some things like that the other thing i wanted to bring up we never, we never got to resolve this. You could talk about different storylines. We, ne- I don't believe, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe we've seen Uncle Baby Billy's son as an adult. 
or at least as, as a grown-up? Oh, there there obviously is opportunity to bring I'm not, in I'm not saying lines. that. I'm just saying. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Am I wrong? No, we haven't. That was some weird-ass kid. Definitely could bring him in. There's obviously tons of potential there. Because there were theories that he was Gideon's buddy. Yeah, my my point was there's just not a default storyline in my opinion at this point. And you know, that might not be a bad thing. They might come up with all these really crazy cool ass storylines like you said, Dan, and we just have to wait for it. Um Yeah, we were we were kind of theorizing like prior to this or I guess like partway through the season like, "Oh, is it Keith maybe or is it Scotty?" And I'm really glad they didn't go that route cuz that just would have felt like a super forced uh plot twist yeah it'll be interesting to see if they ever reveal that or maybe it's just it's just gone i mean that could be the case as well do you guys have any kind of quite favorite quotes from this one again i i know there's there's just so many and a lot of them again this is another show where it's like it's not a quote it's more of a dialogue i mean car pranks just keeps coming back to me like that whole dialogue it's the first thing i put to and the fact that uh the next day when his wife, um, Amber, was like, you know, uh, what happened last night, Jesse? Like, with the gun and the car flipping over? Like, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, it was just just car pranks. Oh, I don't think that was car pranks. Well, it wasn't a very good car prank, but, you know, it was, <laughs> it was a car prank. What kind of car? You know, I don't know, like, maybe fill up the car with, like, shaving cream or something. Or, you know, like, we just flipped over. Like, it's just car pranks. One of my favorite interactions is in the first episode I saw today. It was Jesse was first meeting the person who's blackmailing him, who's dressed as the devil. And Jesse's like, I refuse to be blackmailed. And the devil responds, Well, you kind of are. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what we were doing, party boy. <laughs> like, there's just perfect interactions like that of Danny McBride that are like, that, that perfectly, you know, perfectly embody or perfectly encapsulate this show. Um, and then the, uh, the scene. Where he's talking to Calvin and he's got like that self-defense like spike thing. I don't know like the technical term for it. Um, but the fact that like he uses that against the dude and that like I think that comes back later in the uh, season two where he pulls that weapon out. There's there's one point too in the first season where BJ or in the first episode where BJ gets a nose job so he can fit in better. And then he gets something thrown at him at dinner and it hits him in the face and he's going to need another nose job. And, and Julie kind of stands up and starts talking and Jesse basically is like, shut up. This is, you know, this is not how we are. This family works. And his, his wife starts yelling at her. She's like, is, it starts yelling, starts getting out of line. She's like, is it okay, Jesse, if I say this? Like she looks over to him like these old, they've just got these really old like ways of living. And it's just this weird, they live in this weird world on this plantation. And there is just something up with that wife. I mean, the scene where she finds out or she watches the video, everybody leaves. She very calmly goes and gets her gun, of which she has many. Um, and all of a sudden, Danny McBride realizes it and hightails his ass out of there and runs straight down an open field, does not zigzag once, goes doesn't go for a car, doesn't go for anything, goes running straight down a field and gets shot in the asshole, as he as he calls it. And she's running. It's just that is one of my favorites. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, imagine you're a multi-millionaire housewife living on a giant plot of land. Like that's a pretty fucking badass hobby to have. Like 
I'm just going to get super good at something. There's the great scene, too. Like, this is another one where it's more of scenes than anything when uh, Kelvin and uh, and what's his name, uh, Keith, go to the, the like, devil-worshipping party for the first time, and they just see the group of goths just dancing, and they try to, like, suck them back in, I think, or that's just that whole that whole scene where they try oh that's what they're trying to do they're trying to rescue the little girl who's there and that there he's there with the prayer squad and then at the end of the season he's becoming a baby again in this tank of oil or whatever it was that whole weird thing where his dick was out and it was just did not understand what was going on there but one of my favorite parts of that episode too is um kelvin's like trying to find him he's like where is he? he's talking to the one guy he's like where is he? he's like Man, I'm not telling you. He's like, I've taken eight years of karate. Now tell me. He's like, all right, all right, I'll tell you. And he just immediately gives him the information. I'll sit down with her bad girl, the bad girl. That's another great Judy quote. Also, I can't find the exact quote I'm looking for now, but it's the scene where she goes to BJ's um, optometry place in like the Walmart or whatever. And the uh, lesbian co-worker, whatever, brought him lunch. And, like, she thinks that BJ is, like, with this lesbian. And she referenced something like, you know, like, oh, you know, you're with my man and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, no. Try, to I, try that nice dick I have, or something I have, like that. I have a wife. And she's like, yeah, right. You just wanted to practice uh, sucking some uh, disease-free dick or some shit like that. Like, I'm trying to find the line, but it was just fucking hilarious. Like, it made my wife crack up, and she usually doesn't crack up at, at shit like that. Yeah, it's hard to pull quotes out of this show because it's so fast-paced, like jokes per minute. I did kind of think that um, – did you think that they were going somewhere – you know how Calvin had to, like, save that girl – from her like devil worshiping boyfriend or whatever. I thought they were going to like, because it seemed like she was like developing a crush on him or something. No, but like she saved him. She was at the group at the end where remember he showed up all goth with his hair down and to a point. He's like, I'm not your leader anymore. Cause he thought he was, he thought he was going to be Jesus Christ. Cause he likes to help people too. Um, like Jesus did, but then he found out he's not Jesus. So he, he becomes a goth. And she basically runs in and was like, have you seen his Instagram page? And she sees the, she's the one who shows him Keith's Instagram page that gets him to go rescue him. So she's still around. I'll bet, she, I'll bet she'll be around second season would be my guess. One of the things I find interesting about the show, and this may be deep and this may be something we cut and that's fine. But I think it's interesting that this show, I mean, it really it does poke fun at these major churches right there's so many of them if you go down south i went down to texas one time for work like four or five years ago holy shit there's so many of these mega churches mega churches and this is exactly what this is they have you know a soccer uh you know a hockey arena as as their church so and a sears by the way they mentioned that about 10 times it's just interesting though because they make fun of religion and the hypocrisy of it all in a lot of different ways but they also show like the good side of religion too. Like in the end, Eli gives that um, Sears store to the preacher that he took down essentially. You know, and then we see Jesse going to Haiti and actually going to do this work. We don't know if it's gonna work out, but it's it's one of those things where I, I shudder to, to to recommend this show to people because it has a religious angle. I love it. I don't. I know certain people who are very religious who I don't think would love it, but it actually does show both sides. Like it's not as, as terrible as these people are on the show. It's not as one sided as one might 
as one might think for on the surface. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it would have been really easy to to demonize all the characters in this show as as terrible, like money loving people that are greedy and just screwing people over to to get rich. And there's definitely like elements of that, but yeah, deep down most of them are still they're trying to make them likable, good characters. And then to your point, Dan, too, and, you know, not to get too religious, but I think that uh, for a lot of religious people, that's one aspect of, um, you know, just being religious, religious, not necessarily worshiping, you know, the God that you worship or believing in a certain type of, you know, way that God created you, but just, you know, having good moral values and being part of community and helping people. And, you know, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of religious people that are, you know, they are part of the church to do good things, not necessarily because they a hundred percent believe that, you know, in this God or whatever, but they just want to be good people. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of religious people in America that, do not take too kindly to these types of churches portrayed in this show. Like your typical Lutheran or Baptist or Catholic, like probably doesn't have a lot of respect for these mega churches. And they illustrate that in the first episode too, when they have these preachers all come together and be like, listen, stay out of our town. Like we've got enough. And Eli makes the point where he's more of a businessman than he is a religion man, where he says, because they suggest, why don't you go over to the town next door? They've got one church over there. And he's like, well, if they've got one church and you've got eight churches, that means that's a town of non-believers. In your town, I got a town of eight churches where I know there's believers. And I'll bet I can get some of those believers. So all his his goal in the end was just to shut these people down, which hopefully, I mean, again, we don't know how season two is going to turn out, but it seemed like at least in, in one instant he was redemptive, you know, because I think the the one guy's response was, "I'm not going to work for a gemstone." He's like, "You're not working with the for the gemstones. You're you're working with the gemstones." Was there anything um, with how season one ended that you guys wanted to see different? I thought it was good. They, you know, they tied up all the the plot lines in a satisfying manner. Like typically, they, you know, might do something to sort of set up a conflict for the next season. So that you know, we kind of touched on this earlier, but it's really quite you know like i have no clue where it's going to go from here i agree with you they did tie up everything nicely and i'm happy with how it ended however i think i would have preferred a little more if uh jesse was kicked out of the house and he kind of went off on his own like this lone wolf and uh you kind of had like well what's going on with jesse where is he going to go and um uh, see I, I i disagree with that i like the that they kind of closed that Listen, the reason all this happened was because he bailed on his son to hang out with his friends. Like, literally all of this happened because he bailed on them. And in the end, he bailed on everything else to go be with his son and dig a ditch in Haiti. We don't know how far it's going to last. We could get into season one or season two, episode one. He could be like, fuck this shit and get on, you know, the father, the son, or the the Holy Spirit and fly out of there. But at at least at this point, he's he's trying to repair the relationship with the son, which... I like that for closure purposes because it's not a show you can binge and just watch something out, you know, watch the next episode because we got to wait however, however long until they release it. So what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of this show overall? Is it too, is it too early to provide a, a star rating? 
Yeah, I think it's too early for a star, but I'll certainly say I highly recommend. It's on my it's on my one of shows that I will now tell people that that I think you should watch, which in my world means something because I I really only try to recommend the best shows so that I have that when people get a recommendation for me to take it seriously. I mean, I think that if you're a Danny McBride fan, you probably have already seen this. And if you're not a Danny McBride fan and you've been on the fence, you should because it's a fucking really good show. Um, and it's just it's one of those shows. It's one of those comedies where, like, no matter how kind of like dirty some of the humor gets or outrageous some of the storyline gets, it's just likable. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of like weird ass comedy that I like. And my wife is like, what the fuck are you watching? Like she wouldn't ever watch always sunny. She'll just think that that's ridiculous, even though we all know it's a great fucking show. But I just think that this is a show that can be liked by a lot of people. Like, I don't know, like Dan, would your parents like this show? No. Yeah. I don't think my parents would like this show, but my parents would not like 90% of the shows I watch. Right. They're not Danny McBride fans. They're already jaded on him because of past. I don't know why. He's kind of like a, there are a lot of people that really hate Will Ferrell, for example. And Andy Samberg is another big one that's very divisive. Like, some people just cannot stand them. <laughs> Who are these people and where do they live? Yeah, there's a lot of people that haven't get that I think would love Brooklyn Nine Nine, for example, that hate Andy Samberg. That was that was me forever. I mean, I hand up, I was one of them. I don't know why. I love I I watch Pop Star and and hot rod at least once every six months like it's just in the rotation now so don't let your bias get in the way people give give shows a shot especially one like this um i think the best way to kind of take this show out is to play the hit song by um amy lee gemstone and her brother uncle billy uncle what's this one uncle baby billy uncle billy billy uncle baby billy freeman as we uh, as we head out on the Righteous Gemstones episode, Uncle Baby Billy. And just so everyone knows, everyone was dancing along and bobbing <laughs> on home. So this was not an act. This is Righteous Gemstones. Give it a chance. Uh, great show. Thanks for listening. Have a, have a good one. See ya.